you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we have a special guest, Amanda Williams. What's up? How are you? Hey, great. How are you? So good. I appreciate you jumping on here, taking the time out of your day to give back to the listeners. You're in North Carolina right now, correct? Or that's where I know, you're- I'm actually in California right now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was in North Carolina two days ago. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. And basically, you've been doing Airbnb for, you've been in the real estate game for a little bit now, which is awesome. How'd you get started? Started with Airbnb? I guess just in real estate in general, and then we'll start diving into, for any, anybody out there that doesn't know exactly like, like who you are, just give a, give a breakdown of who you are, what you do within real estate, so we can get some kind of feedback on it. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm Amanda Williams. You're going to find me as Amanda the Traveling Realtor. And I actually branded myself that way at a TAD retreat, which is where we met. Yes. And yeah, the Real Estate Investors Retreat. And so gosh, back in 2006, I was a part of a real estate educational group. I would say it's called Newberish University. They were really big out here in California for a while before the crash. I got into that and learned pretty much everything real estate. So flipping, wholesaling, options, I mean, everything you can think of. And I had a full-time job that was paying really well. And so I ended up starting out as a private money lender because I didn't have time to actually like go out and do it myself. So I did that for a few years and then ended up moving back to North Carolina in 2013 and I got into flipping myself. And got my license because obviously I was a real estate investor and I didn't want to have to pay a real estate agent to go sell my houses. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, that's what got me into the game and started doing that. It was great, but I liked the project for the first two weeks and then when it sold. I didn't like the in-between. It was a little stressful for me. Okay. So, So do you prefer being more on the realtor side or? or, Not at all. Not at all. No. Uh, So, yeah. So, you know, fast forward, I've done like everything in the real estate game. 2000, let's see, 2015, we discovered that we needed to have a lot of uh, long-term rentals to retire on our goal, which was retire by 40. So we bought nine properties in 2015, all with owner financing. And we were just on that track, you know, we were like, what's going to create passive income? Well, we discovered that 200 properties would create enough passive income for us to live on, retire and like be set for life. And then I started my own brokerage in 2017 and got super busy with, you know, I was still flipping. We had the rentals, I had buyers, I had sellers. Like now I was playing the realtor game, which I never really wanted to do. I just wanted to be an investor. But I fell into that. And then about six months after I started my real estate brokerage, eXp Realty fell in my lap and completely like switched my way of thinking about passive income. Sure. And so, yeah, you know, that's kind of where that whole started. So I was doing that. And then my dad got sick 
it's been almost two years ago, maybe he got cancer. Mm. And so we took him to Mexico for an alternative treatment down there. Yeah. And so we were down there for a few months and I told Alex, my, my partner, my boyfriend, I said, look, we've got to put our house on Airbnb because you know, we're going to be living in Mexico. So we got to have some way to pay all the mortgages because we're paying for all of this down in Mexico. Yeah. And so we did that and our house rented like instantly and we made enough money to pay for our, our mortgage, all of our bills in North Carolina, and we paid for our beach view condo in Mexico. Nice. Not a bad gig, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, lighting up some fireworks there. Okay. Yes. Yes. Nice. When you were doing, you know, transitioning more into the realtor side and you found EXP, you know, that their model is kind of have like a chain of people underneath you, I guess, right? So you can make residual income off that as well, right? So that's a good opportunity. I feel like a lot of people, when they first start off, they believe they want to get into real estate, be an investor. And some people think that they need to become like an agent to do that. Like I, I was one of those people, I was taking the test, I paid all the fees and everything. I was just about to take the test. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even think I would like want to like show homes or sell. Like I wanted to keep the money inside as well, just like you. Do you have any like thoughts behind that for anybody that is brand new thinking that they need to go that route? Like what would you recommend? Because I, I know there's a lot of different opinions behind that, right? There's so many different ways. You sure. can go about it. Yeah. And you know, it really depends on what that person's goals are. Sure. And yeah. I mean, I think it's great to have your license because you're able to go in, you're able to pull your own comps, you know, the market, you know, all of that. And being with EXP is even more, I guess, attractive because when you're in the real estate game, if you run across another real estate agent anywhere in the United States, Canada, Australia, or UK, then yeah. they can actually come into the company as you as their sponsor. And yeah. then you get paid a couple hundred to a thousand dollars on every single house that they sell. Yeah. And so that's the revenue sharing model of it. And right now we're at right at 80 agents on our team. So every single time they sell a house, it's like, boom, we get paid. So I think that's like the brilliant part of it now. Sure. And when you're in the game, like you're going to run across real estate agents, but if you're to get your license and you're like, I'm just going to go like start my own brokerage. I don't know if I would recommend that. Like that's what I did. Yeah, and, yeah, that's, that's all in. I, I like yeah. the mindset behind it, like your personality type to just go all in. It takes, takes a lot of courage, but that's a lot of work, right? It is a lot of work. And when you start your own firm, people look at you as a professional and they are now wanting to hire you to be their real estate agent. And so sure. then you fall into the trap of being a real estate agent full time and living that chaotic lifestyle of writing offers at midnight and showing properties at the drop of a dime because someone has to see a house before it goes sure. under contract. You know, you're falling into all of that. And that's why you're going to run across so many realtors that are living paycheck to paycheck, close to close. And they have nothing saved. Um, they have no passive income. Yeah. And my whole mission in life, like when we were in Mexico last summer, I realized how important passive income was. Oh Yeah. And yeah. you know, I took off work, you know, I didn't do anything for a few months at that point, And I did it again, just like another six months ago, but it's so important. And that's why like my whole mission is to help real estate agents create passive income and that. that passive income is coming through the EXP realty model and owning Airbnbs 
and running your brokerage that way, you're making money like five different, six different ways. Yeah. And it's all passive. Yeah. No, that's what it's about. I feel like that's the main goal for most people. If they acknowledge it and realize it from the beginning or not, everybody wants residual income. They want that cash flow coming in, that mailbox money, right? To be able to support their lifestyle. And most people don't even truly acknowledge potentially out there that they don't necessarily even need that much on a monthly basis to be able to cover like all their goals and dreams and stuff like that. You can get away with a lot less for, for most people. But let's talk about Airbnb. So after doing that, that was how long ago? Your, your very first Airbnb. And that was your Almost primary. Almost two years ago. Yeah. May, May will make two years. Okay, cool. And after that, obviously set off some lights. What was the next Airbnb spot? Did you turn one of your other rentals into that? Yeah. So it's funny while we were in Mexico, you know, I said like the whole passive income thing really hit me hard. And so we ended up, we were, we're always on Craigslist. And so we found a little log cabin off of Craigslist and we ended up purchasing that while we were in Mexico. So as soon as we landed back in North Carolina, we actually went and met the people who we bought it from because we owner financed that one as well and went and closed on that that day. (laughs) So then we wheeled that little guy onto our land and yeah. set that up. And that's an amazing Airbnb property. We spent 65000 on that cash. Well, we spent 10000 cash and then they did a financing for six months. And then I ended up refining another property and paying that off. But I'm always moving money around. <laughs> I get it. Professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, professional moving money around. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah, we got that. And that little guy's bringing in about $2,000 a month right now. So that's the little money maker. So we own that one. And then the day that I found out my dad had cancer, I was actually closing on a property that we were going to flip. And instead of flipping it, we decided that we were just going to keep that while we were in Mexico and just use that as an Airbnb as well. So that's the house that we refinanced in order to pay off that log cabin. Okay. So within just a few months after being home from Mexico, we had three properties up and running. They were all owned by us. Yeah. And then the well went out on one of them. Oh, man. Learning (laughs) curves, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had some. How much was that? Oh, my God. I had some guests come in there and they just, they totally abused the property. You know, they were there for a month. They were using it as their office. They had a bunch of men in there, like the whole living room, kitchen, extra room was made into offices and they just ran my well dry. I had a shallow well and it was just a disaster. So after they left, we ended up having to take that house off the market for a few months. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you own the property, you're still paying the mortgage, you're still paying all the bills. But if you can't rent it, what, what is that? You know, if I had, if I had leased that property, and there was a landlord involved that I wouldn't have to pay the rent. I could even break my lease. You know, there's a lot of other options. And so that made us start thinking about the arbitrage method, which is going to the landlord and telling them what we're doing and then pretty much doing, some people call it a master lease, a sublease, and we're actually controlling the property, but we're the actual tenants of the property. We're just leasing it out on Airbnb. Sure. So we've got that down like to a skill. So that's what we've done. We did nine more of those. So all of those have been awesome and any huge problems that happen, we call the landlord. (laughs) Nice, nice. So let's talk about learning curves. You know, you just mentioned the well drying up. How much did that cost, by the way? 
So we literally, have, we're still jumping through hoops on this right now. Okay. So the well, you know, went bad. It set empty for about two months. Finally, it filled back up and got to where like the water was okay. We're renting it right now, but we're only doing three to four day rentals on that property because it needs time to get more water in the well. Um, so this whole time, it has now been six months probably of this headache. I am having to go through like the town hall. I'm having to go through meetings. I'm trying to get this property annexed into a different town to be able to hook into their water. But yeah. all of this political crap that I'm having to go through and I would rather go that route because it really does need city water. I mean, yeah, yeah I could go spend 10 grand and drill a new well. Yeah, that's right. I really don't want to do that. I yeah. really want to hook it into city water. Yeah. I'm to the point now where I'm like, do I just go do a well? Like what is going on? Because I'm losing, I'm breaking even, even on the property, but I'm still losing. I'm not making the 2,500 to $3,000 that I normally yeah. would. Yeah. You're losing out on the full potential of what you could, you know, at least expenses are getting covered, but yeah, you got yeah, bigger exactly. goals than that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what other learning curves besides the well have you guys experienced with Airbnb? Well, gosh, I don't know about, we've, we've had a lot of learning curves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think the, one of the things that we're going through right now is we've sold off a lot of our long-term rentals to get into the Airbnb game because it's costing us about $10,000 per property to get them all set up right now. And okay. so we're in the process right now of changing out one of our long-term rentals into another short-term rental. And I think a big learning lesson for that is really, it's kind of an eye opener, right? So when you go into one of your long-term rental properties and you're seeing all of the stuff that needs to be fixed, again, keep in mind, I just renovated this property and sunk $33,000 to it yeah. uh, six years ago. Yeah. And now I go back into this house and I'm like, all of this has to be done again. Yeah. So I'm not downing long-term rentals. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> it's uh, short-term rentals and having guests stay in your properties and keeping them cleaned and keeping the filters for the HVAC cleaned. And, you know, all of that stuff, it's super important and you're going to make a lot more money doing short-term rentals than mm -hmm. the long-term rentals. Now you mentioned 10 K for that's the typical cost that takes for you to get prepared for one unit. What, what does that entail? Yeah. So right now we only have properties. We have 13 properties within 45 minutes of Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And what that $10,000 does is it pays for the first month of rent. It pays okay. for security deposit and then it pays for us furnishing the properties. Are you typically offering more, like more than what would normally be rented out for? No. No. Okay. It's not needed in the area. No, not at all. At this point, now that we are kind of getting some traction, people are knowing us, we're starting to get yeah. referred. I'm already in the investment community because I ran the women's investment group in Raleigh, Cary for two years. So sure. I'm already pretty well connected in that area. So now people know what I'm doing and they're coming to us, like begging us to take over their properties. Yeah. Honestly, we're only taking about 20% of those properties because they're not Airbnb properties. Okay. They're not updated. They're not in good locations. You know, we have to have something that's like spot on because we have a super host status with Airbnb okay. and there's no way I'm going to take on, you know, a crappy property and, and lose that status because it's so important. I love that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, once you build up that personal brand, your credibility, then you start having all the leads coming into you, right? Which is ideal. That's the position you want to be in. And that's not overnight type of thing. That's constantly putting in the work and doing what you say you're going to, to perform. So with these leads coming in, you're only taking 20%, right? So what makes a good location or a good type of quality property, even if it's distressed, couldn't you potentially turn it into something that, that either make the investor themselves, the homeowner, put the money in, or maybe you guys partner up, something, make some kind of deal happen? Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, we've paid for half of the carpet for some houses because they need a new carpet and they didn't want to do LVTs. We prefer LVT flooring, which is the luxury vinyl. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. You can it's so easy to clean up, scratch resistant, everything. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot hurt that, that floor. So that's what we prefer. But yeah, I mean, there's some properties we've gone in. We had a failure in Durham. You know, we got a property. And we went in, we put in all new LVT floors in the kitchen and bathroom area. We put a new vanity in and we had it on Airbnb for like three or four weeks. We didn't get one booking, not really? one. What's that from, do you think? I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad area, but then again, I don't really know Durham. You know, it was two miles from downtown Durham. Okay. And do you think the price potentially was too high? Like, was it, obviously you guys are checking out the comparables. Yeah, I mean, I think we started that property. It was a three-bedroom, two-bath, and I think we started that property at like one forty a night. We dropped it all the way down to sixty-five a night just to see if we had any takers, and we yeah. we had nothing. Wow. So I don't know what was wrong with that property. I don't know if it was location. I don't even know how these people coming from out of town would even know that it was a bad location. Sure. I don't know, but we ended up dropping it. We had it for six weeks, and we went back to the landlord, and we we're like, look. You know, we know we signed this lease with you, but we need out. Like, we can't rent this. We even tried to rent it long term. We put really? it on the list. Nothing. So we yes, ended you, you made every attempt possible to try to cover this, and it just wasn't working out. Yeah, it just wasn't working. So, I mean, the landlord was fine. She was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep your deposit. And we're like, we know it's fine. But she let us out of the lease because, you know, we did upgrade the property, and we left all of that. But that was, that was a, a learning lesson. But we, to this day, I don't know why that didn't work. Yeah. Just, but I think, you know, that's, that's a huge um, mm -hmm. learning lesson because think about this. If we had gone in there and we had bought that property to oh, Airbnb, yeah. Yeah. We're, we would be stuck. You know, we sure. had an out. Doing the arbitrage method is such, it's just less of a risk. Yeah, yeah. All less money. And, yeah, and overall, you have that ability to totally get out if needed. You know, obviously there's probably a good point in time. If it's building the relationship, you, you stay with that property maybe a year or so. And if it's really crushing it, doing well, then maybe you could sit down with the owner and see, hey, will you guys be willing to, to make this work and, and do a sale? But, but Yeah, but really, I don't, I don't want the properties. I don't, don't, I don't want to own the properties. Okay, I love that. No, because if an HVAC goes out, that's my five grand. Yes. If the roof needs to be fixed, I'm paying for it. Sure. So, you know, we just had a plumbing issue in one of our properties and not the one that the well went out. This is another one that we were renting and the landlord came and fixed all the plumbing, not $1 out of our pocket. And yeah. they, they cut our rent in half that month because of the inconvenience. Okay. So, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not bad. Okay. So that's definitely the spot to be in. Let's talk about Superhost for a second and then we'll dive into like the three F's, right? That's super crucial. 
As far as Superhost goes, what is that and how do you get to that status? So, yeah, yeah, it does take some time. Well, in order to get to Superhost status, you have to have a, you have to have all five star ratings pretty much. You have to have above a 4.8. And I think what's most important is educating your guest on how important that is. Because when we first started out, you know, we'd have a lot of new Airbnb guests coming into town and they're treating it as more of like a Yelp. Like, oh, it was a great experience, but I'm going to give it a four just because it could have been better. Well, that's not the case with Airbnb. If you're not getting five stars all the way around, you're never going to get the super host and you're never going to keep it. So I think that's super important is telling your guests how important that is. And every single message that we, not every, I'd say they're going to get at least two to three messages from us saying that we strive for five star. You know, if your experience is not five star, please let us know our business depends on your five star rating. Yeah. And it's just continuing to just put that in their head and they, it's been a lot better since we've started doing that because some people, they would give us like amazing, you know, when they come in, they could, they review you on your total review and then they review you on like clean and location and, and all that stuff. Well, they would give us like five stars on all of that. And then they would give us a four overall. And we'd actually call those people and be like, why did you give us a four star? Like you gave us all these other amazing ratings. Your review was amazing. And they were like, well, you know, we just don't really want to get out of five, you know, because everything can improve. And we're like, that's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're messing up my business here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So it's just important. You know, it's important to have your cleaning company, whoever you're using, they've got to be on top of things. Sure. One bad clean, one hair in the sink. It, yeah, I've, I've experienced several crazy situations with not, not the cleanliness or like bugs coming around. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when it comes down to overall trying to get them to leave you the best review, if, if somebody isn't happy or they let you know they're not going to leave you a four star, what do you guys do to, I, I've seen some Airbnb hosts like try to go above and beyond, like give gift cards and give a bunch of things to really make sure that that happens. Do you guys bend over backwards for, for anybody or? Oh gosh, we have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put too much out there. Like, yeah. Jesus. yeah. So there are some, I think there's some, you know how there's professional tenants, right? Sure. Well, I think there's becoming professional guests as yeah. well. And you have to know who those people are. And it's hard sometimes. Actually, before you get them in, like how, how are you going to screen them to, to know they're going to try taking advantage or something like that? Well, it's funny because the first thing that we ask people as soon as they book our place is what brings you to the area. And there's a couple of reasons why I ask that. The biggest reason is because I use these Airbnbs to feed my EXP team for relocation leads. Yeah. So we are getting a ton of leads coming in just for people buying properties in the area. Yeah. And so I'm getting at least, I'd say, I'd say 20 to 30% right now of the people staying in our properties are actually looking at moving to the area. I love and it. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. My goal at this point, I'm not personally selling houses anymore. I quit in October yeah. and I focus 100% on building my team building, you know, the agents in my team, I'm helping them build their team and I'm yeah. just generating. Yeah. So more leadership skills now at this point. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to get that super host, you really need to 
educate the individual that's going to stay there to make sure that they are leaving the five star and constantly, you know, remind them to actually leave the review. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do whatever you got to do to make sure that they are happy and convenient and going to support you and the business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've had people like ask for, they're coming into town and they're going to be cooking. So they're asking for like, you know, cooking stuff, like mixing bowls and stuff like that. We have no problem leaving all of that. It's like whatever you need, just let us know before you get there so that we have everything there waiting for you. We also offer additional services, which um, might help the viewers as well. So we offer for anyone traveling with children. So we offer strollers, high chairs, cribs, all of that stuff for an additional $20 per stay per. So, you know, $20. So if they're getting all three, then they're going to be doing an additional 60 bucks. So it's really not that expensive. We pay it off in the first five times we run it anyway. I love that. convenient, And, And we don't only do that it's really not about the money on that one. It's more about we're offering a service that no one yeah. else is offering. And so eventually we're going to be getting into Turo. So we're going to be like, Hey, you know, all you gotta do is just Uber to this location. We have everything that you need here at the house. We have your car in the parking lot or in the, in the driveway, your keys are on the counter. It, it's just going to be like turnkey. You fly yeah. in, you're done. Boom. Here's your own private home and everything. Good to go. Yeah. Call her everything you need. That's awesome experience what it's like to live in North yeah Carolina. i love that i love that i gotta stay at one of your airbnbs <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's awesome. okay cool so let's dive into the three f's right that make up the airbnb that everybody should be aware of what are those three f's so my course i teach really three things so it's finding the property furnishing the property and then filling the property with the right guest Yeah. And so when it comes to finding the property, of course, it's all about your location. It's all about figuring out, is that a a house that is going to be a good rental guest, you know, short-term rental. So always look on Airbnb for that. Look at what the other people are doing, what their occupancy is. And of course you can figure out your pricing and everything like that as well. But the most important thing with finding it. So when I teach, I teach real estate agents how to do this, real estate agents and brokers. And the reason why I've niched it down to just real estate brokers is because we have an advantage. Another reason to get your license. (laughs) Number one, we're looked at as a professional. And so when you go in to talk to a landlord and you explain that, hey, you know, this is my business. I use these properties for my clients coming into the area. They stay in the property. We then go show them houses. And, you know, these are our clients coming in. The only reason we're putting this onto Airbnb is to have those insurance protections. They sure. hold the security deposit. They do the leases. They do all of that. So it makes sense. It's not like we're going to a landlord and saying, hey, what's up? I want to rent your property. And I'm going to go throw it over here on Airbnb and they're going to come have parties. Like, no, that's not going to work. So yeah. we have an entire script when it comes to that. And it's been working. The, the brokers that I've been teaching over the past few months, it's on average taken them three to five properties for them to go look at and meet the landlord and show the pitch. And they're getting a property under contract. Okay. So three to five before mm-hmm. they actually lock in one. Yes. That's pretty damn good odds. That's good. I like that. Yeah. It's a lot better than someone who's not licensed and they don't have a reason. You know, when you're, when you're backing it up on this is my business yeah. and these are my clients, sure. then it makes sense. Yeah. What's the typical reason why somebody like a homeowner wouldn't want to do the Airbnb model with you guys? They just don't understand. Yeah. It's um, just a lack of education, right? 
Yes, exactly. So some of the objections that we've had is, oh, well, how are you going to monitor the parties? You know, (laughs) I got, I got one the other day and somebody was like, well, no, I don't want any parties and all the chaos. And I was like, have you ever been at an Airbnb? They're like, yeah, it's all about parties. And I'm like, like not what I'm trying to put on here. Yeah. So the way that we avoid parties and we have had a couple, we've had like two or three we have 13 okay. properties. We host about 40 guests per month. So I think our odds are pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So we, we have had a couple, but what we have on our listing is if they do have a party, then there's a $1,000 fine. We have ring doorbells on all of our properties. So we know who's coming in and out of the house. We haven't done this yet, but there's a new device that you can plug in and it actually counts how many cell phones are in the house. What? And so, I yeah, love I, I, I haven't heard of that. It, but we're going to be looking into that. But honestly, like we haven't really had that much of an issue with it. So there's all kinds of like sound devices you can plug in. And yes. if it comes to a certain noise level, you get notified. Yep. You know, all of that. So that's really not the biggest thing at this point. I think when we're talking to landlords now, it's like, well, what about the wear and tear? Because they're thinking of people coming in and out of the property. And then after we explain to them, like there really isn't wear and tear because, you know, when you're really looking at this, this house is getting cleaned every single time someone checks out and they're not moving furniture in and out. They're bringing a suitcase. Yeah. And most people like when they're only in there for a few days, they kind of like keep to themselves. They're not really touching too much. Like, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't touch too much while I'm at uh, different locations, you know? Exactly. Like they may run the dishwasher once. They might cook. They probably won't. They're probably not going to do wash. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that. And if anything were to go wrong, if anything was to get damaged, then we have three different insurance policies to cover us here. Okay. You know, plus their security deposit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes down to, do you guys utilize cameras or besides like ring on the doorbell, do you have any cameras inside the house? And then do you do the noise monitoring at all? You cannot have cameras inside the house. You can't have any like in the kitchen or in the living room? No. Huge, huge, huge lawsuit if you have cameras inside the house. Oh, snap. I'm so good. Yes. (laughs) That was my plans. That was my plans. So we have cameras, front door, back door, and some of the properties facing um, towards the parking, like the garage or the um, driveway or whatever. Um, You just gave me millions. I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't put any cameras inside. And if you have cameras outside, you actually have to say that in your listing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so that's good to know. Um, so anybody listening, make sure you write that down. That's a very, that's a big no, no. You don't want a lawsuit on, on your hands. No. Uh, are you doing the noise monitoring at all? Nope, I'm not. I'm just really basing it on the cameras at this point. I can count them going in. If they tell us that there's five people staying in the property and you know, if like six or seven come, we're not going to say anything, but if we start seeing eight, nine, 10 people, then we will message them. And we'll say, hey, you know, just so you know, you told us there was five people coming. We do charge an additional $25 per guest per night. So unless you want to pay that, then we suggest you have everyone leave. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a virtual assistant or who's monitoring people, I guess, their daily activity? Yeah. So there's three of us. It's myself and Alex, who is my partner, my boyfriend. We run this together. And then we have our manager, Glenn. And we're actually in the process of trying to find at least one more, maybe two more people to help us with the Airbnb business. 
okay. then I have my executive assistant as well. So right now the messages go out to about four of us. Glenn and Alex really monitor like the cameras and that's pretty much it. I mean, I think eventually we're going to need to get a VA to manage the messages coming in in the middle of the night because at this mm. point, Alex is like responding to those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that could get a little, yeah, tiring. Yes. Especially virtual assistants. If you get somebody like overseas, Philippines or something, it's opposite hours. So yeah. that could potentially work out. And if you just have a script of what they could do, I'm sure like the, the most common question is like, what's the Wi-Fi? No matter how many spots you put Wi-Fi, you probably get it a million times anyway, right? Well, the good thing about those kind of questions is we have guesties. So after you have at least five properties, then you could upload all of your properties into a platform called guestie. Okay. And it's a really cool platform. You can actually automate everything. So we've automated all of our, when they book with us, they get an automated message. When they, 24 hours before their check-in, another message goes out. After they check in, another message. So they're getting about five messages from us that are all automated. And so that's huge. So with Airbnb, with the algorithms, you have to reply back within, they, they're saying like a minute, right? But a couple of minutes, get back to them. So that's where the automated messages are really beneficial because if you're not getting back to someone for an hour or two, then sure. you're going to be shown like way down on the list. It's going to yeah. push. Yeah, that's no good. Okay. Okay. I know we just went on some tangents there because it was a bunch of good questions though. I'm so glad that you're able to answer all that. Like I just have a bunch of questions and notes now. Yeah. Um, so when it comes down to the, the three S, so we're diving into it, right? Finding the location. What would you say... What like makes a uh, finding the property so special to you? So really it comes down to what the property looks like because it's all about your photos. You know, okay. you go in, you got to make sure that it's updated. Um, the flooring's nice. The paint's nice. Countertops are nice. I mean, you know, that's really what you're looking for. We like to have all stainless steel appliances in our properties. It just looks nice on camera. Yep. And then getting the professional photos, professional real estate photos is super yep. important we even go in, we have our photographer take pictures of what's in the cabinets as well, just so they know like, oh, okay, cool. This house is fully stocked. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I love that. And one more thing that goes into the finding it is really finding the money. So anyone that we take on as a student, I'm like, look, you have to be able to find $10,000, whether yeah. that's on credit cards, a HELOC on your house, whatever that is. And I know you help people with that as well. That's super right. important is to have the money to start the business. Yeah. I feel like not enough people know how much you can truly get like the average person with a few simple moves, how much you can really get with credit personal or business, like with a blink of an eye, like you can mm -hmm. easily get hundreds of thousands very quickly. It's very uh, powerful. So 10 K is like the least of anybody's worries. It's definitely doable, which is very cool. And it's not that bad, 10 grand to actually set up your Airbnb and be able to make some money from it. What type of returns do you typically see? Like, what are you shooting for? I know it depends on the area and a month, you know, a bunch of different things, but yeah. Kind of so on average, we're profiting about $1,000 per house per month. And we're happy with that. Okay. That's in Raleigh. Uh, I know if you did this in California or like a vacation rental spot, you're going to be getting way more than that. Yeah, yeah. But Honestly, the, the money coming in from the Airbnb properties is not my end game. That okay. is just my beginning game sure. to attract the people moving into the area and to attract more real estate agents to join our team. And once we hone in 
and get all of our system. I mean, we're still working on our systems right now. So yeah. once we get all of our systems in place, once we scale that to 25 properties within that area, we're then going to take that system and we're going to put it into, we want to go into three more um, cities. Okay. So, not sure which cities yet. We're going to find out which cities have the most people moving into that area. And that's where we'll end up planning this business and then getting some real estate agents to help us with the business in that area. Yeah. So basically you're utilizing Airbnb to really funnel into to EXP to get, you know, more your client base is the Airbnb person that's coming in, staying there to experience the area to see if they want to move there. So you're looking for locations that actually have a lot of population growth, people moving into the city, right? That's awesome. Yes. Okay. Is there a certain point break that like you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket? I know you mentioned like 25. Is that like your cap number in one area? I think so. And I'm glad you brought that up because like Raleigh, the city limits of Raleigh is going through some changing right now. Yeah. And so we only have one property in the city limits of Raleigh. Everything else is on the outskirts. So I think we're okay. in like seven different towns, all, all within 45 minutes of Raleigh. So okay. that's important too. Like you don't want to have all of your properties in like one downtown area because overnight they can change the rules on you and then yes. you are like stuck. You're out of business. Yeah. Do you stay in good contacts with the city to kind of have a little pulse on that to see what their goals and plans are? Yeah. So I am actually in, for Raleigh, I'm in like a private group. There's about a hundred of us that are all hosts in Raleigh. And so we have a Facebook group and we all kind of keep each other going on that. We voted in seven of the eight city officials that we needed that were pro Airbnb. Nice. So hopefully that's going to change some things. Cause it's, it's like a little political. secret society jumping in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's important, you know, being out, we're, we're bi-coastal. So we live half the time in Raleigh, North Carolina, and then half the time out in Los Angeles. And we're looking at getting into the game out here, but there's so many rules and regulations and like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, they just switched it all over. So they're, they're very almost against it in LA at this point, which makes it tough. San Diego, you know, we've been building a relationship with downtown and all the officials to see, you know, try to feel a pulse on them. And they seem to be all for it from what we've been getting kind of feedback from. They all seem like they really just want to make sure that individuals are doing it correctly and paying their fees. They want to get their cut, right? So it doesn't look like it's going to be changing anytime soon. But then again, you know, it could change anytime, right? Like, how do you, I guess, know that type of stuff? And that's why it's so important to do the arbitrage method, right? Yeah, exactly. You can get out. I mean, you might lose your security deposit. whoop de doo right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so another thing about that is a lot of these cities that are changing the rules, they're changing to a 30-day rental rule. And so another reason to have your real estate license, because if you do, then you can actually throw that onto the MLS and actually lease the property. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. You can put it on Zillow. You can do all kinds of stuff with that. Yeah. And so that's the backup plan, of course. Always. You know, until you can get out of the lease. I mean, unless it's renting good as a 30-day rental, it could do that as well. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in having some backup plans. You can sell it or whatever. You got so many different backup plans. It always puts you in a better position. I feel like a lot of individuals out there that might fail in real estate, it's because they were less educated on all the different options and they start off with plan A. And then if that fails and which things don't always go as we plan, they jump right to like Z out of nowhere instead of, having a couple in between, which really messes up the whole cards. So let's jump into number two, right? Furnish. 
where are you getting, I guess, materials and are you getting used things brand new? How are you guys furnishing? So, okay. This is huge. You can go to Amazon and you can order all of this on Amazon and it can be super easy, but you're going to pay like three, four, five times more. What we've been doing is we've been going on to Craigslist, onto Facebook, Marketplace, and we're finding people who are moving across the country. Yeah. And we're going to them and saying, hey, look, obviously it has to be nice things, right? It's people who have lived here for six months, a year, maybe even two years. And we'll say, look, you know, we want to come look at your stuff. We are willing to make an offer on everything that you want to get rid of. All, everything in your kitchen, your furniture, everything. And so we'll go in and we'll talk to them. And a lot of the times we'll buy their entire house, everything in it. And then we get a huge discount off of that. And then we keep whatever we want. What's good about that is because it's already like all matching. So we can yeah. literally take that U-Haul truck to another location use what we want, we could either sell the rest or we could go donate it for a tax deduction, which is what yeah. we're doing. So that's been huge for us. And another thing about that is we are getting to those people usually before they've contacted a real estate agent. Yeah. And so that's an opportunity to possibly list that property as well. So, so many backup plans, so many different strategies to be able to make some money and make it a win-win as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always looking for like, how many ways can we make money on this? <laughs> yeah. And help out other people, which is, yeah, okay, that's what it's about. And it's so much what? easier for them. I mean, can you imagine like having 50 people coming into your house, like picking yeah. through your crap? No. no. Oh, no. Yeah. no I'd yeah. rather build a relationship with one individual, make it a win-win situation and then get out of there. Right. Exactly. Yep. So that's how we've been furnishing a lot of our stuff. You know, it's just a double whammy. You can find those on Craigslist. I found a lot of them on Craigslist. Are you, are you going to Goodwill at all or like, I don't know, mostly just Craigslist? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, I've been into, you know, some Goodwills looking for stuff. I'm not, I'm not normally, I don't usually find anything. I mean, if yeah. I find anything, it might be a picture, but I, I find that like the furniture and stuff there, it's just not Airbnb quality at all. Yeah. And uh, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not about that. You, you can find some stuff at yard sales. I okay. used to hate yard sales, yeah. but then we started going. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, like this is great. Yeah. And of course you still have to be picky. Yeah. Right. But you can find some really good stuff and people are just giving stuff away because they're moving usually. And again, there you go. There's a listing lead. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Cool. And then afterwards, fill in the units. And how are you guess marketing for that or just setting it up so it can be more on autopilot, right? I'm a big believer in systems so you can actually scale. For sure. Yeah. So as far as filling the properties, again, it goes back to making it look very attractive yeah. and using those properties. I do a lot of, well, first off, let me back up. When you have a guestie account, they actually give you your own website. So we have carolinafurnishrentals.com. People can go directly to our website and then they can see all of our properties. They can see all about our company. And so I take that website and I post that out on social media. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll just post that directly. Sometimes I will post out reviews of our past guest. Yeah. And also I'll post out like the actual Airbnb link. And where I'm posting these two are different channels. So it's like the community, like, you know, Raleigh community information or the ladies of Holly Springs, you know, stuff like that, that people end up joining that are thinking, well, 
a lot of them live in the North Carolina area. Some of them are actually thinking of moving. So then they're joining all these groups. Like there's like a new to Raleigh group, moving to Raleigh, you know, all of those groups. So those yeah. are really good spots to post. And that obviously attracts a lot of the guests coming in. What we've been very successful with lately is going to real estate agents and letting them know what we're doing. Okay. And, you know, obviously we're, we're not going to take their clients, but yeah. it's, helping us get our units filled and they're able to add a value to their client because they're like, Hey, look, I know we sold your house in a day and you don't have anywhere to live for two months. So go rent this Airbnb. It's fully furnished. Leave your stuff in a pod or storage. And it's a value add versus them saying, Oh my gosh, I have to go live in a hotel for two months. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. We've been getting a lot of referrals from other real estate agents as well. Really, I would never have thought of that. So I'm so glad we asked. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very crucial. So I guess the strategy behind this to actually get it filled is having your product and having the professional pictures to make it really stand out. Like that's what's selling the product, right? And then afterwards, marketing it, putting it out there, putting the links, showing the reviews, showing the quality, getting it to anybody and everybody, you know, getting it in front of them so they can see what you got going on. And if it's a good fit, then you're playing the numbers game of promoting it out there and you're going to get some kind of leads coming in, which is awesome. Yeah. What, what type absolutely. of vacancies are you looking at typically? What kind of what? What kind of vacancies? So it depends. We are normally at like a 70 to 80% occupancy rate. Okay. January was down. January, we were at a 60% occupancy. It was just okay. super slow. And I talked to everyone else. They're like, I don't know, we're all slow. But we've already got like a 47% occupancy right now for February. And we're not hmm. even in February yet. Yeah. So I think February is going to be a good month. We're going to start picking up again. But yeah, on average, I do all of my numbers based on a 75% occupancy rate. Okay. And so, you know, with that, you know, we're still making about a thousand dollars per month on those when okay. running all the numbers on that. So are, are and one more thing I wanted to say about, yeah. about filling it. So if you don't have five properties yet and you can't go to Guessy and you can't have your website and all of that, the way that we really started this thing is I put in my profile on Airbnb that I was a real estate agent and I own a brokerage. You know, I can say I own a brokerage because I still own my brokerage. I affiliated with EXP. So I'm now, you know, it's AG Williams Realty by EXP Realty. Sure. But when you say like, hey, I own a brokerage and I have agents and, you know, we can help you, then that will attract the people who are coming to the area because they'll see that as a value. Yes. And they'll be like, oh, well, I can stay in this real estate agent's house. And then they know all about the area and they can show me properties and it'll be easy. So we've yeah. gotten a lot of buyers that way as well. I love that. Yeah. I can't wait to try that. Like Jennifer is an agent now. So it just, it makes so much sense that we can get some leads coming in and we do want to really market more to the professionals that are coming in, in the area and the hot location and try to make it a win-win. So that'd be awesome. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Great. So any final thoughts? Like, is there anything that I know there's like a million pieces, right? That come into Airbnb, but for somebody first getting started, any uh, learning curves or something that you would recommend to that, that beginner just getting started for Airbnb? Gosh, there's just so much information out there. I would say, you know, depending on your marketplace, depending on whether you are a realtor or investor, you know, depending on whether you're going to be going after properties that have HOAs or don't have HOAs, you know, I'm very adamant about everything that we have has no HOA because I don't yeah. want to 
game. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Rules changing. I don't want to No, I don't want anything to do with that. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there. I would say find someone that you resonate with and follow their system because you can take 10 people and you can try to all mush it in and figure out a system, but you're probably going to get confused. (laughs) So just take someone's system and follow it from very beginning to the very end and just do the work. I'm telling you, if you put the work in, and you have the resources, like with your, you know, you finding the money, all you got to do is find the money, learn how to talk to people. That's it. That's all you got to do. And you'll be successful. You just have to do the work. That's it. Yeah. You just got to take action, right? It's all about taking action and moving forward. But there's so many awesome resources out there. And I know you have some products, some services that you offer to clients and, and individuals that are actually looking to get started in Airbnb, right? How, how can people get more information on that? Yeah. So I do a course. My course is called Real Estate Freedom Formula. The website is RE Freedom Formula. And yeah, so that's our website. So that's the actual course that we teach. I also do long, uh, excuse me, Airbnb workshop tours. So Uh I only do those in Raleigh because we run a big van and we go out, we see all our properties and I teach in every single one of them. So that's like a really fun, like hands-on training that we do. I was going to say, you guys just had one, right? And it looked awesome. It looked like you guys were having a bunch of fun and super educational, you know, hands-on training. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really fun. So we just had one. We're having another one like the first week of March. Cool. Uh, I have all kinds of events all the time. I have events pretty much everywhere. We have online events. We have in-person events and Raleigh and Charlotte and California and everywhere. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just follow me. Like, the, the easiest way to get in touch with me is just my Amanda, the traveling realtor. That's who I am on all social media. Okay. Um, we have all of the websites, the refreedomformula.com. We have redsharerealtors.com. Of course, our carolinafurnishrentals.com. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm the dot com. I have a lot of dot coms. <laughs> I love it. Amanda, I love your personality. I love your energy. And you're always taking action. You know, I have nothing but the utmost respect for people that are crushing it just like yourself, such an action taker. So I appreciate you greatly for taking the time out of your day to, to be able to give back to the listeners uh, because you just did that. You know, is there anything that the listeners can do to give back to you? I say just go out there and be successful. That's it. Just be successful. You know, I would love more followers on Instagram. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. one thing. <laughs> I think we're all trying to build our Instagram. It's like, this is a daily job, like a full-time daily job. Another one of those things you have to automate, but it's really hard to automate because you have to come across as yourself. And yeah. how are you going to have someone else act like you? It's kind of hard. I haven't figured that out yet. It's a pain, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a, I've always been more on uh, Facebook, but I'm not even a fan really of uh, social media. I'd rather just, you know, be in the moment or in person. And, but it's, it's so important. It's that personal brand, you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's so funny. Sure. I just appreciate you having me on and I'm looking forward to doing some business with you guys and helping you start your first Airbnb. I know. I know. We're excited. We're definitely going to be turning to you for the guidance in the next few weeks. So we appreciate you greatly. Amanda, you're the best. Anybody, if you guys want to reach out to me, you guys can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, it's brandonelliotinvestments or facebook.com slash brandonelliotrei. I think we also have facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott investor. So if you guys want to do that, reach out to me. If you guys have any questions, otherwise do me a favor, share this out to other people looking to get, you know, educated, motivated, and prepared to take action in real estate. Subscribe to Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast and leave a review. Let me know what you guys think about it. So you guys get the newest notification every single Monday. Appreciate you guys all for tuning in. 
like I said, tag somebody in this, share it out there. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Amanda, you're the best. Appreciate you. God bless. Thank you. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.